They can't obviously force Heather to say what happened if she's not going to. And you can't say, I don't know what happened. And then in the next breath, say, everybody knows what happened, but we're just waiting for someone to say it. And even Lisa Barlow called her out. She's like, did she get short-term amnesia with that black eye? This is just a game. It's like Texas Hold'em. I'm not going to show my cards. This is not a game. This This is not not just just another another housewife podcast. Celebrity gossip. Consuming my brain. You cannot tell me that for the last two years, all of these dates have not been blocked off with NFL stadiums. It is all happening. I'm Brett, and this is the Oops I Gossiped Again podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome to the weekend of Christmas. While it seems as though other podcasters are all taking this week for the holidays, even possibly next week off for the holidays, here I am recording a podcast for you because on a whim last week, I decided to start and open and launch this podcast. Now, any other person would have probably waited until after the holidays, But if you follow human design, I'm a manifesting generator. So when things happen for me in my brain, I am not going to stop until they are completed if I'm excited about it. And I was excited, so I did it. Had I pushed it off until after the holidays, I probably would have gotten in my own head, overthink it too much, do all the things. Uh, So yeah, here we are on holiday week. While I have a mountain of things to do recording a podcast, because this excites me, this brings me joy, and it's a little piece that I can do for myself and for you in the midst of all the chaos. In the last episode, I was telling you about how I had this really hands-off feeling about Christmas, and that all kind of came together yesterday when I had to go out four days before Christmas, do all of my shopping. I did some online, but most of what I had to get, I had to do in person. I basically threw in my AirPods yesterday. I even went to Walmart. I don't have, I live in a small town. I don't have a Target. So I was in Walmart for almost two hours walking around, looking at my list, getting everything I needed. But I just put in my AirPods and listened to a podcast. And that podcast was Giggly Squad. They kept me going through my entire trip and it was wonderful. And when I took off my AirPods, when I took them out and got to the checkout, I realized how chaotic it was around me. And it was just so nice (laughs) to live in my own little dream world for a hot minute. I was probably yelled at by dozens of people for being in the way or for moving around people, whatever. And the fact that I put AirPods in and couldn't hear them just made the trip even better. So I completed all my Christmas shopping and I also completed all of the grocery store shopping because I host two events on Christmas weekend, one with a for a Christmas Eve with my siblings and their children, as well as uh, my family on Christmas morning for a brunch. On top of all the chaos of Christmas shopping, we supposedly may or may not have this like categorical insane type of snowstorm coming where I live. I really take that with a grain of salt most of the times because 
it could snow one inch, it could snow like 48 inches and really it doesn't mean anything. But I knew that if I didn't get all that shopping done, everyone else was going to be doing it prior to the storm rolling in. And again, went to the grocery store, popped in my AirPods. I was living in my own little world and I loved it. Today I have been tidying up. I have been cleaning. I've been organizing things and I'm just taking a little break to record this podcast for you because we have some things to talk about this week and we may as well just jump right into the episode this week of Salt Lake City and Heather Gay's Black Eye. Andy Cohen tweeted yesterday, tonight's Salt Lake City should not be missed, something of that nature. And it's like, I don't know if this man is trying to get himself on Chris Harrison's new podcast. Let's talk about that for a second, actually. I I did not even have that on my list to talk about, but I think it's probably something we should mention. Chris Harrison announced that I believe on January 9th that he will be launching his most dramatic podcast ever. Now tell me that this man is still not writing on the coattails of the Bachelor series by naming his podcast that. Clever marketing. And he is supposedly going to begin the podcast finally speaking out about his departure from the Bachelor series. He could have done this with a statement, with an interview, but he is doing it to promote his own podcast. So it is self-promotion where he's going to garner in all these listeners. Meanwhile, people like myself are just hoping and praying for someone to hear it, for the masses to hear it. But he is going to promote the hell out of this by saying, I'm going to speak out on my departure. I've never talked about it in two years. Rachel Lindsay already talked about it. She said she is absolutely not going to do his podcast. She hasn't been asked either. Like this is such a way for him to bring in the money because he hasn't been on. No one's really hired him to do anything since he left The Bachelor. He's just trying to pull in listeners. Now, I do want to hear what he has to say. Silly me, I'm going to fall for it. I will probably listen to the first episode or however long, like Bravo Television, it takes for him to pull this out simply because he has not talked about it. And I'm not sure what it is that he, the way he thinks he's going to spin this. And because it's been a couple of years since this all happened, just if you don't recall, he was ultimately, he left The Bachelor for a lot of the backlash that he had on, um, shoot, I can't even remember her name. The girl that had got caught with the photos at her sorority and it just, it was like a Southern slave type party. And I can't remember her name. <laughs> I can't even remember what season that was. You can Google it and it's all there. I, I want to know. I want to know what he thinks, how he thinks he can spin this. Then like what's going to happen to the podcast? Are people going to continue listening after? It's supposedly supposed to be about dating and love and relationships. So really you stepped away from Bachelor, but you're going to try to use your years on The Bachelor as a host to now give relationship advice. I just... I don't understand it. I'm probably sounding condescending because, yeah, I just started a, a podcast, but it's another podcast of someone that is going to be able to monetize on a lot of ads, a lot of listeners, and do it from a place of they've already had major platform, and now we're going to use this scandal that I was involved in to get people in. It's kind of like the same thing with like Rewives and Bethany. 
You know, she's using the way that she always said she was not going to be involved with Housewives anymore, but then used that to promote her Housewife podcast. Again, this is not just another Housewife podcast. We talk about it all, and I'm doing it from the bottom. So maybe I'm a little salty, but I'm also going to listen. (laughs) That's coming in January. The most dramatic podcast ever. Coming off the heels of the most dramatic season finale of Bachelor ever. And now it feels like Andy Cohen is taking a note from Chris Harrison with all this garbage in Bravo lately. His tweet, do not miss Real Housewives of Salt Lake City tonight. This episode gave us absolutely nothing. Zero. I don't know why he felt that he needed to hype that up. It could have been missed. You could skip that episode altogether and still be exactly where we left off last week to next week. And I'm I'm just going to throw this out there. You could probably skip next week's as well because we're getting nothing. I was actually fairly surprised that Bravo decided to drag this out via multiple episodes. And again, I don't actually think we're going to know what really happened until the finale, like the reunion finale. But also, we may not even know then. And the only reason we may know is because Jen will not be there and she will, by the time it airs, she will have been sentenced. So it won't, you know, have any problem. And we'll get into theories in a second. But I feel like Bravo, after the way they saw fans react from the Aspen situation and nothing ever really being answered, like why would they want to put themselves in that position of really turning off the viewers again, because that's all it does. I'm sure that last night's episode ratings are probably up. I have not seen those stats yet today, but just like on Beverly Hills, there's all this hype and do not miss, and we're going to find out and we're going to do this, but it's also going to be dragged out so long and you're never actually going to get it. So for me as a Bravo viewer, We just came off of Beverly Hills where it was tumultuous. Bravo, Andy Cohen, blaming the viewers, blaming the viewers for all of this when really all we wanted was a straight answer and they do it again in the next franchise, the exact same situation. I don't understand it. They can't obviously force Heather to say what happened if she's not going to. But there are also ways that they could have edited it and made it that, okay, we're going to talk about it once and done and never bring it up again. But also in the interviews, it's like Heather knows, don't play this little, I don't know what happened. And you can't say, I don't know what happened. And then in the next breath say, everybody knows what happened, but we're just waiting for someone to say it. At the end, you see the interviews with production. She's like, well, why did you say that you don't know? And Heather says, I never said that. Which is it? This is why Heather Gay is in the category of one of my least favorite currently. It is this constant flip-flopping. And even Lisa Barlow called her out. She's like, did she get short-term amnesia with that black guy? Because she went from saying, I don't know what happened, we don't know what happened, to we all know what happened, but somebody just has to say it. And she's using it as a game. And that is what I just don't like. She actually said in her interview, I'm not going to say it until somebody else says it. And then mentions spewing their theories. I'm not going to spew mine. This is just a game. It's like Texas Hold'em. I'm not going to show my cards. This is not a game. If you got drunk and fell and are embarrassed, that's it. Own it. Take responsibility. If you got drunk and you and Jen Shaw were rolling around, laughing, being silly, being stupid, and you accidentally got hit in the eye, 
say that. But what you are alluding to is that you were physically assaulted. By saying, I'm not going to say it until someone else brings it up, she is alluding that she was physically assaulted and she's waiting for that person to fess up to it. And by the way that Jen is acting in this episode, you can feel that maybe she's alluding to it happening with Jen. I feel like maybe it was a drunken mistake. Yes, we know how Jen can get. I feel like something happened. They're making it into a bigger deal, whatever. Just say it. Because if you are trying to insinuate that someone physically assaulted you, those are very hard accusations that need to be dealt with. Now, if that is the case, and it is Jen Shaw, then she and Meredith are protecting Jen Shaw so that it doesn't come out before her sentencing. And here's why. Any little thing that Jen Shaw does is going to be scrutinized by a judge in consideration of her sentencing. Jen Shaw wrote or submitted apparently 30-some letters of support of her to the judge, one being from herself, where she says, I was inaccurately portrayed on the show. That's not how I really am. But in the last couple months, there was a huge TMZ video of her screaming, flipping out in the middle of a street, yelling at family members. Now, last after that episode, she went on an absolute tirade against Lisa Barlow on Twitter. All of these actions are things that happen and are taken into consideration at sentencing. Not even to mention that if she physically assaulted someone and it is on camera or someone admits it or it's off camera and there's an accusation or a statement made, that is going to land her in some very hot water. Someone commented on my Instagram saying, tell me that you know nothing about why people who are innocent plead guilty. And now I was a paralegal, so I do understand the legal system very well. This is actually kind of what should have happened with the Chrisleys. Now, the Chrisleys are also going to be turning themselves over to prison after the holidays. But this is a situation why she, even if she still feels that she's innocent or she, quote, did nothing wrong, this is why she could have pled guilty. When you have your actions don't line up with the person that you are trying to be. So hypothetically, Jen Shaw's letter says, I was inaccurately portrayed on the show. That's not who I am. All these people do, you know, I'm a wonderful person. Okay, so say that's true. But we're still seeing the way that you are on the show. We are still seeing the way that you are acting on social media, how you got caught in the street. All of these things, had she not pled guilty already, if she was going up for trial, those things do not look good. That could mean the difference of what she pled guilty to, to what she could actually have been found guilty in a trial for, just because people don't like the way she acts. So it's entirely possible that her lawyer was just like, hey, Look at the way you act. Look at your actions. Look what you do. The judge is not going to like this. A jury is not going to be on your side and believe you. You should plead guilty. This will take your sentence back, you know, X amount of years. But the woman has not yet been sentenced. So all of these things she's doing on social media, that tirade with Lisa Barlow and yelling at her and accusing her of things on Twitter, all of these Instagram posts, the lying, in my opinion, allegedly, about why she was or was not at the reunion. All of these things are being collected. All of the footage from the show is being collected and will be decided upon 
by a judge when it comes to her sentencing. So the reason if Jen did this to Heather, the reason it's not being said is to cover for Jen. This kind of leads me to wonder that maybe we will get into it at the reunion because again, that reunion will air after she has been sentenced. But if they have subpoenaed all the background information, all the footage, everything, it could still be on there. It's, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but what I do know is I'm tired of Heather deflecting in every situation. If you notice when they were talking about her eye on that little wine trip, she made a point to say, you know, this is something I would have immediately woken up and called Whitney, but this is where my relationship is with Whitney. And, you know, she did this to me and I felt hurt by this. That was a deflection. That was not, I heard someone say that it was really icky that she had insinuated it was Whitney. I don't, I didn't read it that way. I don't feel that she thought that Whitney did it or she was trying to claim that Whitney did, but she was absolutely deflecting because then the conversation went from Heather's eye to Whitney and her friendship to then the SEC issues with Meredith and Lisa. I'm not even going to get into that because it is, I just feel that Meredith is so vindictive And she is going to hold a grudge on that hot mic moment until the day that Lisa Barlow is ruined and probably even beyond. But Heather is doing nothing but consistent deflection. And that is why I told everyone on TikTok before the episode aired, do not get excited about anything. Let's rip the bandaid off. We have no idea. We aren't going to know. Don't get excited. And Bravo is just going to continue this constant like, Oh, let's, maybe it'll be next week. Maybe it'll be next week. No, no, it won't be. (laughs) It's not going to be. And we all know that. Can't tell them how to run their show, right? What we can look forward to is Real Housewives of New Jersey. That will be airing in February of 2023. And the trailer came out this week. It was three and a half minutes. I had to cut it short for TikTok. We're going to see parts of, you know, the wedding and we're going to see, Apparently, a lot of things happening between Frank and Dolores, because the husbands on New Jersey are paid contracted house husbands. They, I believe they are still the only franchise that has contracts with the husbands. We are never going to see any of these men go away. They are always going to be a part of it. So Frank and Dolores, rather than just being, you know, these two that are wonderful co-parents that love each other, that are great friends, now they're trying to like stir up this storyline. We all know they're not getting together. We all know that they're never going to, but it's this consistent dragging on of a storyline of Frank and Dolores. Like just let Frank be there and supporting his ex-wife and hanging with his friends. There's nothing wrong with that. We, I love Frank, but I don't love this, what we see in the trailer of it sounding like, I'm still in love with you. You have to leave your new boyfriend because I, I don't feel like that's the angle that we're getting at all. The biggest thing is going to be Teresa and Louie versus Melissa and Joe. The ple- people that hate Teresa and our Melissa and Joe stands will fight me to the death on this. Like I, I can always see both sides, but I also know that there is a much, much deeper hole that I believe is happening now with this family than there ever has been before. And Teresa's not going to take any shit about it because her parents are no longer around to see it. 
I feel like we're going to get a lot of things happening with the press as this new season starts to roll out. So we had Carlos King come out and admit that, which what I love about this is when Carlos came out and said, hey, Melissa's the one that came into my DMs. Tree had nothing to do with it. I don't know why this has been an ongoing lie for so many years. Melissa, even in a podcast episode this week, I think it was Margaret's podcast, she still sticks to this story and still claims that Teresa's the one that leaked all this information. No, she didn't. Teresa has only been saying for the last 10 years, she was the one that put herself on the show. And her story has never changed. And now Carlos has corroborated that story. And Melissa is like treading water, trying to figure out how to get out of it. But it's just these continued lies over and over and over again. If you're concerned that this podcast is going to turn into a team tree podcast, I assure you, even though I love Teresa and I think Melissa is consistently lying through her teeth, they both have their moments and they both can be right and they both can be wrong. I am never going to come on this and say that she is the queen of the show and that if she wasn't there, it wouldn't be because quite frankly, if she did leave, there are plenty of other stories that could come around that. I do feel that it would be more of a Melissa and Joe run narrative and they would kind of slide into that spot, which I don't love because I think that's what they've always planned. I will be as unbiased as I possibly can in all situations as the new season comes. And also because people were so angry after Beverly Hills and how nasty people were in my comments yesterday when I posted the trailer, I already had a lot of people saying enough with the yelling. Why can't everybody just be nice? Why can't everybody just be friends? And I am going to say this right now, one and only time. That does not happen in Jersey. It has never happened in Jersey. It will never happen in Jersey. We watch Jersey for the drama, for the yelling, for the accusations, for the drink throwing, all of those things. Like those things have always happened in Jersey. So let's not get too soft because we've seen it happening in other ones and understand that is Jersey. That's, and I'm not trying to stereotype Jersey people, okay? If you're from Jersey, I'm not stereotyping you. But that is what the show has always been and always will be. So let us just live in the little violent entertainment for a little bit because they are going to yell. They are going to do all of the things. Oddly enough, too, there was a lot of talk about Beverly Hills this week. And I'm not sure if it's because they're getting ready to film in January, allegedly, or what, but I've seen a lot of posts going around saying that Erica and Lisa have been renewed and they're confirmed. And I want you to know that there was a story that was shared to both Lisa and Erica's story. That, yes, that does not mean it's confirmed. I don't address all of these rumors that who's in, who's out, who's coming, who's going, who's on the chopping block until we know, especially how it's been with Beverly Hills, because it's been so exhausting. This has been months and this is actually allegedly the reason that they took a break for a while. And I said it before the season was even over. I think we all need to kind of take a break. I think we all need to take a step back and think about what's happening. So when all these rumors start coming around, oh, this person is staying, this person is not, I cannot take them to heart until there's actually a full fledged confirmation. We have not yet had that confirmation. And I also see a lot of people saying that they hope that Brandy Glanville comes back. I am 
all for a messy Brandy Glenville. Always, always have been. However, what came up with her this week, I don't ever want to see her back on Real Housewives ever again. I know she's coming up on some, I think it's called Traders. It's like a competition game on Bravo with some of these old stars. She has spent her entire time since she's been on Beverly Hills, since she has been divorced from Eddie Cibrian, talking about his affairs. She was very vocal early Beverly Hills days about how she thought that she and Ashay had slept with her husband. She had, I, if it was not the opening of Sir, it was a party at Sir, but I believe it was the opening of Sir that all of the Beverly Hills women were invited to. And she actually had Lisa Vanderpump have Sheena removed from her shift. This was back when like they actually worked there. She had Sheena removed from her shift because she could not look at her because she, quote, knew, allegedly, that she had slept with her husband. She has talked about how she knew he had cheated on her with Leanne Rimes. And now this week, she tells Page Six another affair story. I didn't even listen to the whole interview. I just saw the clip where she's talking about this, but I don't even understand, first of all, why she was on it. I don't know if it was like podcast promotion or this new Bravo show promotion. I'm not really sure, but they asked her about Piper Parabo and they say, you know, you seem like you could be a really, like you were a coyote ugly girl. And she goes off and she says, no, I fucking hate her. (laughs) Claims that, oh, she was having an affair with Eddie on the set of a movie in 2005 and that she had gone over to wherever it was they were filming and that then she calls her a see you next Tuesday and how she was horrible to her and she this woman cannot stop talking about her ex-husband and his affairs in 2009 all of these rumors of Eddie's affairs including photos of he and Leanne together came to light in 2010 is when they filed for divorce so it has been almost 13 years she has still two children with this man. He has been married to Leon Rhymes for this entire time, and she still does not stop talking about it. But what I don't love about it is how she has continuously gone after the women. Now, if this man had all of these alleged affairs, that is an Eddie problem. That is not a woman problem. And does that mean that he has continued to do it on Leanne as well? Now, this morning, weirdly enough, or not weird because maybe Brandy herself submitted it, there was a Dumois tip that said there is supposedly a woman that has been sleeping with him while he was cheating on Leanne, and she is selling the story, and it's supposed to come out in January. Now, is that why now Brandy is talking about it again? Who knows? But she is the mother of this man's children. They have to co-parent together. In in no way, shape, or form should this still be a discussion to the press. Like, how do her sons feel when she goes and says this shit about their father? But why is she constantly still, so many years later, going after the women? If he had all these affairs, he is a serial cheater. And there is no changing that. But consider this my open message to Brandy Glanville. 
You talk about being unbothered. You talk about not giving a flying fuck about anything. Then stop talking about the women that your husband may or may not have slept with when you were married 13, 15, 20 years ago. Just go and be the messy, unbothered queen that you could be without publicly shaming women because you are still angry about your husband's alleged infidelities. Maybe she's just spent too much time with the two T's lately. Maybe the two T's are rubbing off on her in a way that is not working. Whatever the reason is that she feels that she needs to continue to do this, I just wish for a messy Brandy Glanville. Come in unfiltered. Mess some shit up in an episode. Ask the questions that nobody wants to answer. But please stop berating women because you are still pissed off about your husband's alleged mistakes. This whole episode ended up being about housewives and I didn't intend it. I actually wanted to talk about the Nepo baby article as well. Um, But the only thing about this, I'll talk about it for a second. So if you haven't read the article yet, um, New York Meg and Vulture put out an article about nepotism babies. And what that means is all of these celebrities and artists that are coming up now that we don't truly know their heritage and nepotism babies coming from parents that have been in the business in Hollywood for many years and their parents were in it. My best friend actually (laughs) sent me a message and a link to the article and she was like, are you gossiping about this this week? And I said, um, this is a person that does not follow any celebrity gossip as well. But I said, no, I haven't really talked about it. I'm going to bring it up on my podcast. But honestly, I just feel like it's not new news. And I'm fairly shocked that people are so shocked. And she came back was like, that's me. I don't, I didn't know any of this. And that is really the only thing. I just find it so interesting that this article brought to light for so many people that this occurs. And it was really to kind of focus on a few different people. If you go to uh, New York Meg Instagram, they actually did almost like family trees. So they have different posts where you can kind of see who the parents are and who the grandparents are and really see that whole line of how they have always been in Hollywood. It's just funny to me that this has been going on for so many years. I don't know how people were shocked. I saw so many tweets about Drew Barrymore and I'm like, did people not know that Drew Barrymore was a Nepo baby? You know, it's, it's become a buzzword now, obviously, on social media. And it's just, for me, it's more interesting to read the comments than it is to actually do the digging because... There were a lot that I knew and there were a lot that I didn't realize, but also are we really that shocked that it it's easier for a child of actors or people in the business to get the roles that they're looking for? And a lot of this was also talking about how they carry the genes, you know, and Cindy Crawford's daughter is one. And obviously if you are getting the genes or Lily Rose Depp, like you're getting those physical genes from your parents you are already getting ahead, right? Their family friends, their people in the industry are going to look at the children growing up and be like, that's a star. I mean, did we ever think that if Cindy Crawford had a baby that came 
looking like her that they weren't going to get into the business. It just, to me, it's so interesting that there are so many people that did not realize that this was going on. People are shocked and appalled by it. (laughs) It's just, it's funny to me. If you did not read the article, it's worth a read. It's like a five minute read. It's not too long. Uh, But I definitely suggest going to New York Meg's Instagram and you can kind of piece through all those slides that they have and see where a lot of these family trees and how far they go back, how these, quote, Nepo babies were created. Again, I apologize that this entire episode turned into Housewives. I think apparently I had more things happen in Bravo world. I like to sometimes mix a lot of things together, but it was a quiet Hollywood week, I feel. Maybe everyone's laying low for the holidays. I'm not really sure. I know I don't have that opportunity because now I need to go finish all my cleaning, my organizing, get started on my wrapping and doing all of the thing. If I could ask for anything of you for Christmas, it would be to rate and review the show. I know I ask at the end of every episode, but you know, the charts and the visibility, they go off of rates and reviews. You can listen to this episode 15 times. And if you can handle my voice in your ear 15 times, I will take it. (laughs) I will take it. But they do come off, especially Apple, on rates and reviews. So please, 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 please just take a second to you know give a review, hit the star, whatever you need to do. That's all I ask for you for Christmas. And with that, I hope that you and your families and your spouses, your friends have a wonderful, wonderful holiday weekend. I will be back with you next week. I love you. Merry Christmas. And I'll talk to you next week.